this is a young team. We're on the cusp. Why right, we got to add some pieces to what we're doing here? Pierce running right, spin move, barrels his way down to the 41 yard line. What a run by Pierce! The type of players that we're looking for are players who are looking to swarm. Intercepted, Christian Harris. Game day is every day. Picked off by Stingley. Petrie, Texans have the ball on the pick. The takeaway train is rolling. And if you want it, you got to go work. Now, it's Texans All Access. Yes, sir, it is. John Harris, sideline reporter, football analyst for your Texans. Coming to you live from Sports Radio 610. We're going to hear from Mark Vanderbilt here in about nine minutes to give his thoughts. Uh, he has been away this weekend. He was away Friday, but he joined us for a few minutes uh, as he was taking Uber wherever uh, he was. I believe he was in New York. So, We'll get his thoughts on everything that has happened thus far with the Texans. Now, you want to get in? Get in. 713-572-4610. You got in on Friday. You had some good thoughts as it pertained to the Bears and Panthers making that trade. Panthers moving to number one. Still don't – I everything that I talked about on Friday still kind of holds true, and that's some of the things that we heard. The Panthers not settled on one guy. But they've got it narrowed down. They want to be able to control the process at quarterback. And they're going to control the process at quarterback at this point because they need one. Sam Darnold ain't coming back. He's going to the 49ers. So today was the first day of the league year. So if you want to get in, like I said, 713-572-4610. We'll get Mark in here about seven or eight minutes. So what has transpired today? Now, I know this happens. I said this actually to Nick the last time we were talking to him. Whenever you have cap space, as a GM, and whatever your team does, you're a fan of a team, and you got cap space, you're like, spend that ish. Come on, man. Spend that cash, right? Well, it's not always quite like that because you got to make sure you have enough for your draft class. You got to make sure you have enough for in-season moves if you need to make those. You've got all kinds of things you got to handle. So even though it might say $41 million of cap space, it doesn't always mean that you've got $35 million to spread around to a number of players. And it doesn't mean you're going to make a big splash either. Now, the Texans did make some things happen today. And they also made something happen on Friday. So I walk out of here, at, I don't know, it was, I think the show was over like 6.55. I'm saying goodbye to Joe. I get in the car, I go home. I had a pretty easy ride home. I get home about 7.15 and I check my phone. Boom, Robert Woods signs with the Texans. 31-year-old wide receiver, Bobby Trees, coming to Houston. He'd been with the Titans last year. He was coming off an ACL tear in 2021. He was on his way to having a good season in 21, then tore his ACL. That forced the Rams to go out and get OBJ. He's also a storyline now. We'll get to him a little bit later. But Woods goes uh, on IR, came back to the Titans. It never clicked. Never. And when he was released, he had a one-word tweet. It just said, free. They lost seven in a row. He's coming to Houston. Brandon Cooks then tweeted to him as if it was, how do I say this? If you're, if you're going, if you have a, a former teammate joining you, hey, man, it's great to see you here. It's going to be awesome to be together here, man, in Houston. Nah, it didn't, it didn't seem like that coming from Brandon Cooks. So, I don't know what that means. Today was a big zero on wide receivers. Didn't see, really, if I go back and I look at my list, I don't remember 
anything happening in the wide receiver market. Sterling Shepard re-signed with the Giants. I think that was to be expected. It's like a million dollars. Um, that's, I think, it. Now, it depends on how you classify Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith got traded from the Patriots to the Falcons. You're talking about a big winner in March. That would be the Atlanta Falcons. They re-signed Pro Bowl guard Chris Lindstrom, five years, $105 million. And, yes, that's for a guard. So, that's one thing that, that we've got to sort of change our thought process on because the price tag's going up all across the board. Annual average, $21 million for a guard. So, it's going to get pricey for certain positions that one guy you already have locked up, Larry Tunsil, and one tackle that, well, he's been looking for the back since he got in the league and probably deserves that the way he played last year. That's Titus Howard. So, it's going to be some rich, rich price tags. So, it's okay. In some sense, the Texans didn't do a ton today because, well, they've got some bills that are going to come due. Now, I know one of the things that popped up was an Aaron Wilson tweet saying that the Chiefs had had some communication about Laramie Tunsil. But then the Chiefs ended up signing Juwan Taylor, and the thought is Juwan Taylor's going to go over to the left tackle and go back over there. He's been the right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, he signed a four-year, $80 million deal to go over to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, The Chiefs are not bringing back Orlando Brown. Right tackle Andrew Wiley ended up signing a deal with the Washington Commanders. So the Chiefs lost, lost both offensive tackles. I don't see the Chiefs being able to afford all those stars and Juwan Taylor and Larry Matunzel, so I think the Taylor move indicates that it's not going to happen. Now, don't know whether the Texans told them just flat out no. I, I don't know. But just know that that was brought up from, from Aaron Wilson. But probably the best news of the day is the Texans ended up adding to the quarterback room. Case Keenum coming back to Houston. You know him from Houston Cougar days. Hopefully you know him from the three years he spent in Houston. And I I say three years. I mean, it was really 12 and 13. And then in 14, and Mark and I have talked about this. We'll talk to Mark here in a couple of minutes about this. 2014, one of my favorite favorite days on the sideline. Case Keenum starts against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are on their way to the playoffs. The Texans have to win the last two games of the year. Have to. To get to 9-7 and seven and have a shot for the playoffs. Now, they needed a little bit of help from the Browns to beat the Ravens in the last week of the year. They didn't get that ultimately. But in week 16 against the Baltimore Ravens, Case Keenum threw dimes early on. He hit Andre Johnson on the sideline. First drive led to a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Foster, I think, threw a halfback pass to C.J. Fedorowicz. It was one of the most impressive performances that I had seen from a Texans team because that was a team that, I, I mean, I had no idea. I mean, Case Keenum was gonna. What's he gonna do? He was just. He was a deer blind last weekend. He's gonna win this game against the Ravens, and he did. And then he beat the Jags. But it was after that where he really got a chance to shine, in particular in Minnesota in 2017. Now, last year, playing had Josh Allen, Superman didn't. I think he played three games, and I don't think he threw it a whole heck of a lot, if at all. But back in 2021, when Baker Mayfield was hurt with the Browns. Case stepped in and did a really solid job for the Browns to a point where you could see how the Browns reacted to him out on the field. It was really impressive. They really appreciated his leadership, what he was giving them at the time. 
But ultimately, Baker was a first-round pick. He'd gone to the playoffs the year before. He'd taken the divisional playoff round against the Chiefs. They lost, I think, by a field goal or a touchdown or whatever it was. Baker was the future at that point. They had to get Baker back in the lineup. But you could tell the Browns rallied around Case Keenum in large part because he's one of the better leaders. He understands the offense. And that's a – it's not an analogous, 100% analogous offense to what he'll do here in Houston. But there are some elements that are there. And Case has been around. He's seen offenses before. I think whatever he's got to do to pick this up, he is going to be able to pick it up and pick it up pretty easily. So Case Keenum comes back to Houston, comes back to the Texans. What that means for Davis Mills, no idea. I've seen some people speculating, oh, there's no way. he's the, Davis is out. E.J. Perry was claimed on waivers. He'll get into the mix as a second year. Well, I say second year. He was, I think 2021, 2022 was his first year in the league. And he kind of bounced in and out of practice squads, all that kind of stuff. And then when he was released by the Jaguars, the Texans picked him up. E.J. Perry, nephew of John Perry, former wide receivers coach, wonderful athlete. He's essentially a 2023 version of Jeff Driscoll, but he can throw a little bit better than Jeff could at the beginning. Jeff started throwing it a little bit better, but EJ's got that kind of athleticism. What this means for Davis Mills, no idea. None whatsoever. But I think it does signal the fact that Texans will, I don't say, I never want to say anything with 100% certainty. Never. Nothing with 100% certainty. But I got a 99.9% thought that the Texans are taking a quarterback at two. The be it C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whomever. There have been so many rumors over the weekend after that Panthers-Bears deal. So we'll end up seeing what that uh, what that means. So I don't know. We'll talk to Mark here in a second. Uh, Chris, I know you're working on getting uh, Mark on the phone. So we'll get him on the line. Just signal to me when he's here. But Case Keenum joins the Texans again. I believe it's his 11th year in the league. And I remember having this discussion <laughs> on radio, too, many, many years ago. Yeah, is Case going to be around? I mean, would you have ever thought Case was going to have an 11-year career? He didn't get drafted. He signs with the Texans, and here he is still around the league. And Landry made a great point today. I was listening in the lab. In the lab. That's my podcast tomorrow. Uh, in the loop. And Landry made a comment about coaches from the state of Texas. Because coaches or uh, players from the state of Texas, they get coached really well in the state. So Chase Daniel, Case Keenum, Guys that have been around forever because they know the game and coaches trust them and they understand their role. And I don't know exactly what Case's role will be. I know that he will no matter what. If you have Davis Mills in there, he's in his third year. If you have E.J. Perry in there, he's in his really his first complete year. And then you bring a rookie in there, that's his first year. I don't want to say you need an adult in the room, but you need an adult in the room. So you're, you got one with Case Keenum. I think you got one of the better ones. That's kind of the wrong way to phrase it, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So that's a guy that I think is going to add to this roster. Maybe not in the on-field product, but at some point your backup has got to play. And Case Keenum is going to have to come in and play at some point. And when he did in Cleveland in 2021, he was fantastic. In 2022, he didn't have to because Superman really had no kryptonite, even though – Josh probably could have taken a game or two to get some rest and not getting beat on a little bit. So uh, we'll see what ends up uh, happening here. We're trying to get Mark on the line here. We're, the word in the business is called efforting. 
That's that's the word in the business. So we're efforting Mark at this point. Now, it wasn't done for the Texans today. Not one of these you would say, ooh, massive, massive move. But I think in the aggregate, you can kind of see where they're trying to spend money. Guys that have got still some juice left. Guys that maybe have not gotten a shot. Maybe they've fallen out of favor somewhere for whatever reason. Andrew Beck, four years in Denver. Played a lot of games there. We saw him in week two when we went up there. Fullback, tight end type, blocker, physical. Played at the University of Texas. Don't know how much he'll give you in a passing game. He hasn't caught a lot of passes in his career. I think his numbers, what he caught, 14. He caught 14 over four years. So I'm not expecting Andrew Beck to break records in the passing game, but I am expecting him to split some wigs. I am expecting him to be physical at the point of attack. I am expecting him to line up in a number of different spots. Now, does he play more tight end? Is he more fullback? You've got Troy Hairston on the roster. Troy made that transition from linebacker to fullback. Troy is a linear, one-way train coming down the tracks. Now, do they want to get more of Troy? Do they want to use Beck and Troy together? I don't exactly know how they want to do it, but Andrew Beck on the roster, I just love the fact that you're adding more physicality to the roster. So Andrew Beck on board, Case Keenum on board. Mike Boone, running back, will be added to the mix. Now, one thing I'll I'll say, because they've added players at these positions, doesn't mean they won't draft guys at those particular positions. I mean, last year they went out and got Dario Gumbawale and had Royce Freeman. And um, I'm trying to think, did they have, I'm trying to think what other running back they had in the stable. Didn't matter. Oh, Rex, Rex. They had three or four running backs already in the stable. They drafted Damian Pierce. And by week two, well, week one, more so week two, he ended up becoming the starter. So just because these guys are added during free agency doesn't mean the Texans won't do something during the draft at all. But Mike Boone added to the mix, played last year in Denver. So he and Andrew Beck. So whoever was the pro scout for Denver, um, probably going to get a few um, a few gold stars for his work in bringing in Andrew Beck and also Mike Boone. Then defensive end, Chase Winovich. He of the blonde locks, if you followed Michigan football, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But back in the day at Michigan, Chase Winovich with the gold-flowing locks. Had an opportunity with the Patriots. I thought he had a decent rookie year. He's got some twitch off the edge. And I don't know if Chase Winovich was playing A and Oboe was playing B or vice versa or not or whether they wanted both. But they bring in Chase Winovich. Oboe takes a deal to go to the Cleveland Browns. So good on Oboe. He made the most of his one year here in Houston. He's going to get paid. He's not going to get Miles Garrett money, but he's going to get good money and rewarded for what he can do based on what he did in Houston this past year. So Chase Winovich comes in. He's got some twitch. He's got some power off the edge. I think he's a decent fit for this defense. So Chase Winovich is added as well. Then, and I was not surprised to see this because 49ers played for D'Amico Ryans. Hassan Ridgeway is from the state of Texas. He played at the University of Texas. Uh, he went to Mansfield High School. Hassan Ridgeway. Now, he went on IR in December, middle of December. 
and missed from middle December of the rest of the year. He tore pec muscle. But if he's back healthy, he is 6'3", 305. He is nothing but muscle, strength, and quickness. I mean, he is – he could get up the field. He is strong. He's actually got pretty good pass rush acumen, good feet, agile, athletic. I went back to look at his uh, scouting report back in 2016. So he goes back ways. Now he's going to be 28 to start the season, 29 once you get into the season. But I don't think you're asking Hassan Ridgeway to play 50, 60 plays a game. You're asking him to play 20 to 25 plays, good in the rotation kind of guy. But, man, he's got some athleticism. And the one thing I wrote my scouting report of him from 2016 coming out of Texas was wildly athletic. But injuries were an issue. And then, of course, you see that he's got the torn pec and he missed the last, you know, he missed the playoffs in the last few weeks of the year. But pec injury, you think he'd come back from that? We saw Winnie Merciless come back from that. We saw J.J. Watt come back from it during the year. So pec injury shouldn't shut him down. But he adds to the defensive line rotation. He's going to know this defense. And look, up front, there are a lot of similarities to the things that Lovey did, to what D'Amico did. They're probably just going to be spun a different way. And some of the coverages behind them are going to be a little bit different. So, And there are a number of different unique blitz packages and stunts and schemes that D'Amico was throwing at defense or the offenses. And Lovey wasn't running, but four-man surface, I think Hassan Ridgeway fits in very, very well. Now we just got to try and keep him healthy. That's, that's the whole thing. We got to try and keep him as healthy as possible. All right, 713 we're efforting, Mark, but I want to hear from you. Those that the Texans, again, agreed to terms. Nothing is 100% official until Wednesday at the start of the new league year. But added to the Texans are soon to be Case Keenum, Mike Boone, Chase Winovich, defensive end, defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway, fullback, tight end Andrew Beck, and then on Friday, wide receiver Robert Woods. Now, I said earlier that wide receiver hasn't been a lot of movement. In fact, I think the Texans were one of the few teams to do something at the wide receiver position. OBJ hasn't signed anywhere. We haven't seen any of the the free agents, Jacoby Myers, Paris Campbell, any of them move. And I don't know if they're just waiting a day or waiting. Somebody's waiting to have, you know, one domino drop, then the rest of them will. I don't know. But what's missing in that list? What do you want to see? I've heard a lot of talk about a center. So what do you want to see? At a quarterback, running back, defensive end, defensive tackle, fullback slash tight end, who do you want in? We'll try and get Mark on the line. We'll listen. For, we'll hear from you next, right here on Texans All Access. More Texans Radio is on the way. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. Yes, sir. It's Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and I know a lot of you. We're thinking about Bradley Bozeman as a free agent center prospect for the Texans. Not going to happen. The Panthers will re-sign him. They just put that on their Twitter. Actually, Darren Gant, who writes for the Panthers, put that on his Twitter. Panthers bringing back Bradley Bozeman. So he is out. 713-572-4610. Let's go to the phones, Chris. Let's go talk to Don. Don, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Uh, I was doing fine until I watched the end of this day. It, uh, they were just, you know, number one, I didn't want them to take one of these quarterbacks. I wanted them to take the second best athlete in the draft, and they're not going to do that. 
Now they're now they have to take a quarterback. Number one, number two, if they're going to do that, why did they get Garoppolo? I mean, that was a very affordable price. We could have been good next year. They're doing the same thing to D'Amico that they did to Smith and uh, and Cully. They're doing the exact same thing. When are they going to stop this and start playing the playing for real? I've been a season ticket horse since day one. Don't sell my tickets. Don't miss games. And this is what. You know, this is what's happened with the team again. Right, what do you guys say about that? All right, here's what I have to say. First of all, when it comes to free agency, Don, it takes two to tango. So when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to come to Houston. That, I think, is gets lost in all this. This, it, this isn't, hey, we want you here, you're here. The only, t- the only time that happens is in the draft. So Jimmy may not have wanted to come here anyways. Jimmy may have been using the Texans. There may have been other players that didn't want to come here the last couple of years. They may have been throwing the lines in the water and nobody was biting. That could absolutely have been the case. They may have wanted Jimmy too. Maybe everybody in the building wanted Jimmy, except for Tyler Milner. But guess who's got to want Houston? Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's no telling that, you know, in, in this situation, well, well, you had a connection with with the 49ers, and he had a connection with uh, D'Amico, and he had a connection with Nick. Yeah, we've got the same thing in Las Vegas where Dave Ziegler was important when he was drafted as the GM. He had Josh McDaniels who coached him for a few years. When it comes to free agency, it takes two to tango. And when you hear guys in free agency, what do they like? They like money, and they like an opportunity to win a championship. It takes two. Jimmy's got to be able to say, I'm coming to Houston also. And if Jimmy wanted to come to Houston, guess what? I had a feeling the Texans probably would have paid some bucks to do it. And trust me, if you watch the team the last couple of years, there were some free agents that I would imagine didn't want to come to Houston. They had opportunities. I can promise you lines have been in the water. And once this thing starts turning around, there might be more people that say, you know what, I want to come to Houston. There's a lot of advantages and a lot of good things about coming to Houston. And by the way, picking it too, I want a quarterback. I'm going to be in purgatory for another year and wait for 2024. There's no guarantee. I brought that up as an opportunity, as a thought, but I didn't think they were going to go there. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are good enough to win football games this year just as much as Jimmy. Maybe you don't get to eight, nine wins, but Jimmy looks at Houston and is like, man, you guys are at the, you know, you guys are, you know, team 31, 32 from last year. The Raiders, man, they got Renfro. They got Waller. They got Devontae. They got a running game with Josh Jacobs. And he's in Las Vegas. And he knows the staff. He knows that offense. Yeah, he knew guys here with the 49ers, but I had heard things at the very end there was not great with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. So that one move doesn't make what's happened here. That's the right way of saying this. That there isn't positive progress, Don. And I, and I appreciate Look, frustrated too. You think I like being down on the sidelines and we're getting beat 31 to nothing and a half? Hell no. I don't want that. You think Mark wants to call a game 31 to nothing? No. But when it comes to free agency and it comes to signings, that guy has to choose here too. That guy has to choose here. And if that means you have to pay a premium or how much you're going to pay above what the Raiders were going to pay, I'm not down for that. I'm going to take cost-controlled, number two pick in the draft, put it on a quarterback, and start building this thing going forward. All right, Chris, we got Mark on the line. All right, let's go to the line. I just kind of let it go a little bit. Let's talk to our buddy, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, good evening, my friend. How are you? 
Good evening, Johnny. All right, I'm settled now. I had some phone issues and um, can't wait to get home, by the way. Be in studio <laughs> with you, do a nice show, be great. All this stuff going on. Case Keenum, not mania, but is it approval in the city of Houston? Because I'm out of town right now in case anybody needed to know that. Is it approval yep. or is it eh? Because I I endorse this message of Case Keenum coming to the Houston Texans. You know, you and I talked about the possibility of Jimmy, and you just brought it up again. And we were talking about Jimmy as the Seinfeld Jimmy, the Jimmy in the third person Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy wants more money. Jimmy might want the Raiders. And he did. I totally think that's the case. It's a better spot for him. He gets a better chance to play longer. For instance, if the Texans sign Jimmy Garoppolo and they draft Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or whoever relatively early, people are going to be clamoring for that quarterback, maybe from the get-go and certainly at the first non-conversion of a third down, right? They're right. going to be, well, put Bryce in there. Come on, what are we doing here yeah. anyway? Let's go. And Jimmy doesn't want that. And the Texans, I doubt, would want to pay Jimmy Garoppolo the money that he got from the Raiders. So this works out well. You're going to be – and I, I didn't hear your take on Case, but correct me if I'm wrong. You said something like, you are going to get the very best of whatever is left of Case Keenum's football ability. You're going to get the very best of him because he's a competitor. He wants to win. He wants to play. Yet, he also understands the situation if you draft a quarterback high, which they are likely to do, of course. And I think he's kind of the perfect guy for this. You can win with him. You can win some games with him. You know, we all would rather, you know, not have to do it, right? I mean, I love Case, but it'd be great if Davis Mills could be that guy, but he's not that guy because if he was that guy, maybe he'd be starting for you. So right now you have Case Keenum and you'll draft a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And look, these quarterbacks at the top, it's not as if you're getting option three or four. You're getting you're getting one or two, and in some cases maybe – if Anthony Richardson goes one, which some people have rumored, you're you're probably getting your choice of the quarterback on your board. Because I just don't imagine Anthony Richardson is at the top of the Texans board. So you're getting a top, you know, a top quarterback. This isn't last year's class where there was mm -hmm. one quarterback that went in the first round. That's not what this is. So right. I, I think there's excitement about Case coming back, but I also think there's pragmatism for the most part about, you know, Case isn't coming back to be the starter. I think most people are looking at it, Mark, going, okay, this confirms our thought that there will be a quarterback taken at number two. I think that's what the Case Keenum signing did for a lot of people today. What it means for Davis Mills, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that's going to mean. But I think it does indicate that you are, and that the Texans are going to take quarterback at number two, which everybody thought, and that's okay. Just take the guy that, well, you would think the Panthers don't take. And if, if Frank Reich loves Anthony Richardson, well, then you got Stroud and you got Young right there. Make the pick. And start building this thing going forward with a franchise quarterback, uh, a guy you haven't had, you know, on the field since 2020, because obviously we didn't see Deshaun uh, in 2021 at all. So get a franchise quarterback out on the field and get this thing turned around and get these fans excited about what Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud can do out on the field. So yeah, look, Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders. We knew he's going to have some suitors. We knew it was going to be Raiders, Jets, Texans, maybe one other team that we didn't know about, Panthers uh, potentially. But then the Panthers traded. So they, you pretty much knew they were going to be out of the mix. So it was really those three teams. And so you had a market, and the Raiders offered an opportunity, especially when Jarrett Stidham left. When Stidham left, mm -hmm. the Raiders had nothing. They had nothing. They had the seventh pick. They weren't getting a quarterback at seven because it was probably right. going to go quarterbacks at one, two, three, four. So you weren't getting a quarterback at seven. The Texans have the wherewithal to go get a quarterback 
their way, and that's through the draft. The Raiders weren't going to be able to do it through the draft. They were going to have to trade up to the Cardinals and give away a bunch. Instead, they can get Jimmy, and away you go. Now, it could backfire on them because Jimmy could win enough games where they'll be picking about the same spot next year if they're not totally happy with him. I think the Raiders will still take a quarterback maybe later, uh, second round-ish, you know, maybe a Hendon Hooker or somebody like that that they could put behind Jimmy and away you go. But he goes to the Raiders. And again, like I said, Mark, Jimmy Garoppolo had to decide the Houston Texans too. It takes two to dance, not just one. And yes, you could have offered him a boatload of money. But would that have done would that have done you any good for the franchise? No, I don't think it would have. No. I don't think it no. would have at all. That's that's not gonna help you, and it's probably not gonna help him except financially. And that's not what the goal is here. The goal is here to build a winner over a long period of time and a quarterback factors in. Now, you know who's not going to tell you that they're going to draft a quarterback at two? Nick Casario. Next time we have him on, we can ask him that question all we want. He's not going to tell you. And I'll say this. It's less likely to happen if we're playing more likely to happen here today, which we sometimes do earlier in the week. But less likely that they pass up a quarterback at two. But stranger things have happened in the civilization of mankind, right? Stranger things have happened. What if they do like Hendon Hooker or one of these other guys? I don't know. Uh, Maybe Levis drops and they take him at 12. I still think Keenum is the perfect guy for those scenarios as well because he can play, hold it down, and then you can ease the other guy in. You mentioned last year. Let's say it was last year, and you did take Kenny Pickett at 12 or maybe even at the end of the first round if he was going to last that long. Keenum would have been a good guy for that. Keenum replaced Trubisky in Buffalo as Trubisky went to Pittsburgh and Pickett eventually got the job, obviously. Did they ever go to Rudolph at all last year? I don't know. No. But what the, the point is this. Keenum's got ability. And you and I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, felt similarly about this. After what we saw in those final two games of 2014, I thought, why aren't you keeping Keenum around? Why don't you go ahead, Bill O'Brien and Rick Smith, and, and sign him to a longer deal? Not saying that he's definitely the guy, but imagine if Keenum is battling for the job with Ryan Mallett instead of Brian Hoyer. No offense to Brian Hoyer, but that would have been interesting to me to have Keenum still a Texan because, Johnny, he's played and won some big games in this league since he left the Texans. Minnesota, obviously, the most notable because he had it going on there and they made it to the NFC Championship game. I know they needed the miracle to do it, but he executed the miracle, so good for him. He's got ability. He's going to help this team, but we all want to see who the young guy is going to be, and we're all waiting with eager anticipation for that. No doubt. Mark, I appreciate you joining me. We'll see you uh, when you get back here tomorrow. Thanks, Johnny. Looking forward to the show. You got it. All right, 713-572-4610. Chris, let's go out to Matt on line one. He wants to talk about this first pick. And missing out on Jimmy G. Matt, what's going on, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Johnny. Uh, thanks for uh, getting me on, man. And I, uh, I would say uh, this uh, new uh, taking calls uh, approach with y'all's show, I think, is a uh, a good addition. I've kind of been waiting on it. You guys, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 I would, uh, you don't get enough uh, interaction with the uh, with the audience, Johnny. You need more interaction. Well, I appreciate so, that. I will, I will you tell can. you, Matt. It's it's logistically difficult to do it most times. So that's really kind of the reason we don't do it. But on nights like this, yeah, we got to do it. We got to do it. What's on your mind, Matt? Yeah, so uh, Garoppolo to me never made sense unless you're bringing in a guy like Richardson who uh, is a, you know, he's needing to sit for a little while. Right. Uh, if it's Stroud or, or, or Bryce Young, then they're ready to go. 
So it never made sense. And I'm so uh, happy to see my guy Case back in, fellow Coog. And, uh, yeah, I'm with uh, Vandermeer. I wish I never would have let him go early, you know, when when uh, when uh, we had him and let him, you know, kind of uh, win that job at that moment. But uh, so it makes sense with Case. Uh, this first pick, Johnny, I'm going to try to pin you down on who you uh, would, okay. would make uh, this pick for. Uh, the way I see it is uh, between uh, Bryce and Stroud. You've got a bigger guy. And I sense that this guy intentionally did not uh, uh, was not wanting to be a mobile quarterback because you saw he is fully capable of being a mobile quarterback in that Georgia game. He intentionally decided to try to protect himself and, and not get hurt. So he's got that capability. He's bigger than Bryce. He's more accurate than Bryce. It's, it's, it's almost somewhat of a no-brainer. Uh, clearly, you don't know what the future is, but if you're looking at the the – you know, the statistics, the measurables, Stroud is the guy. And I do believe that India has made this – or uh, uh, that uh, the Panthers have made this move. And, you know, we're going to have a, a guy who I think there are some question marks here. So, you know, it is a tough thing. You just you – know, I guess you just have to take the risk if it is Bryce. But who are you taking, Johnny, if it's, uh, if it's your pick, man, at, at, at number one or two, whatever you want to – However, you want to play this out. All right, Matt. I appreciate the call. Here, here. This is the this this is really simple. This is to me because I know you asked me if the Panthers go Stroud, I go Young. If the Panthers go Young, I go Stroud. I I could I I've said it. I said it Friday. These two are really really close, and I think Matt pointed out the reasons why. I think CJ's ball placement is as good as it gets. Now CJ also especially the last two years. His first year in 2021, he threw to Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I think runner-up, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is probably going to be a top 15 pick in this draft. This past year, he threw to Marvin Harrison Jr., arguably the best draft prospect in all of college football, including Young, Stroud, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. If Marvin Harrison Jr. were in his draft, he may go number one. He may have gone number one, but he's going back. He has to go back for a year. Because hasn't been through three years. My point with that is, it was really, it was really easy for Stroud, to be honest. He threw behind a great line. He threw to great receivers. Bryce really didn't have that. Bryce really didn't have that. Not this year. He threw to a bunch of young dudes. His offensive line was not very good. You watch this offensive line for Alabama. This past one that he had, they will have no better, no better than a third rounder on that front five. So yeah. Bryce had to learn how to deal with a little bit of adversity at Alabama. And, yeah, he's short. He's not the biggest guy in the world. But in the fourth quarter, to me, when it matters, we've seen Bryce Young take that Alabama program and put it on his shoulders and win games. They had no business beating Auburn in 2021. Bryce carried him. They had no business beating Texas. Bryce made magic happen somehow seeing a corner cap blitz evading it, ducking under it, running for a first down, setting up a game-winning field goal, beating Texas 20-19. to On a day that nothing went right for Alabama because the offense was a disorganized mess starting from the top, Bryce did all he could to save it that day, and he did. Now, this is one of those things where it's almost like I'm arguing, um, hey, John, do you want a banana split? Or do you want a, I don't know, strawberry shake? <laughs> okay, that's my choice. Man, 
I'm going to get fat either way. Uh, okay, I'll take either. I would rather have a strawberry shake. But, man, banana split's great. So that's my analogy, using desserts. I guess I'm kind of hungry, Chris. It's all right. Um, but that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either. I think both of them would end up fitting in this, this offensive scheme that Bobby Slowick's got. I think Bryce's movement skills would be very good in it. I think his understanding of reading defenses would be exceptional in it. I think C.J. Stroud would be exceptional in it. And you brought up a point about Stroud's movement against Georgia. Stroud, and and Bryce has actually said this too, they don't like to scramble to run. They like to scramble to throw, to open things up. And I'll tell you this, as a defensive back, the one thing that I never wanted to see was a quarterback start to take off and buy time in the pocket. Now, I played way back in the day when that wasn't as uh, available as it is now. But every time I saw a quarterback scramble, because as a defensive back, now you got to start looking at receivers. You don't know where they're going to go after he starts to scramble. Is he going to go deep? Is that guy going to cut across? Do I have to plaster that receiver? or that? It puts defensive backs in a lot of issues. So I like guys that will scramble to throw. What the best in the game has learned, Patrick Mahomes, is that he can scramble to throw and run. He can do both. And now you're really on your heels. And nobody's really figured out how to stop Patrick Mahomes because of it. And I think both these guys, Shroud and Young, have that. I don't trust Levis and Richardson to do that. I think both Bryce and CJ can hurt you from the pocket. I think they can hurt you on the move. I think they are both cerebral, cerebral, cerebral. I think they're cerebral. I think they understand the game. You could see Bryce. I saw this against Tennessee. He went up, he had a double cadence, meaning a lot of times quarterbacks go to the line and have a double cadence. So what they do is they go, hut, And that is only to see if they'll get the defense to declare. And if they get the defense to declare, then they might change the protection or maybe even change the play. So against Tennessee, he goes, hut, He gives a double cadence. And he saw the nickel about to, to blitz. He, sl- he walked up to the line, he changed the protection. He slid it where the blitz was coming from. And he was absolutely dead on. He was able to throw a dig route about 15 yards, a little basic route. Bang, banged it. First down. Those are the things that you get with Bryce Young. Yeah, you don't get six foot two, 215, but that's what you get with Bryce Young. And I guarantee you, he's going to do some things and it'll light NRG Stadium up. It'll light it up. But you know what? CJ Stroud can do those things too. CJ Stroud will make some throws that you'll have to look up at the video board and go, whoa. It's like the dunk contest sometimes. When you see a dunk in a dunk contest, what do you do? You're like, huh? Did it, what? Wait, what was that? And then you look at the replay, and you're like, oh, that's the way C.J. Stroud throws a football. Lionel, you stay where you are. we got to take a break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this quarterback situation and give you a breakdown of what happened, especially inside the AFC South. The Jags lost a starting right tackle. The Colts have lost a starting linebacker. The Texans lost a starting defensive end. And the Titans are losing everybody. We'll take your calls and discuss all that next right here on Texans All Access. Texans Radio continues in a moment. We return to Texans All Access. That's right. John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter here with you. Let's get back to the phone, 713-572-4610. Let's talk to Lionel, who says, well, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Lionel, what's going on, man? How you doing? 
Hey, John, what's happening, man? Glad to have you on again. Hey, listen, I just want to chime in on that uh, deal with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, them, the Texans not signing him. Do you know that that was the best decision that they have made so far? And here's why. First of all, what was those two dudes' names that they signed a boatload of money to from the quarterbacks from the Patriots? I forgot their names. You know what oh, I'm talking about. Brian Hoyer. The one that and, uh, went to the Miami Dolphins. The one that went to the Miami Dolphins after he left us, and then there was another guy. But oh, I, I forgot their name. Brock Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? And I'm not. And, and of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is way better than Brock Osweiler. Yeah, yeah. But can you imagine if we would have signed that dude to all that money and he would have a bad performance even in one game? We would have came down on him so hard and – who knows what the rest of the season would have looked like. But here's why Case Keenum is good. He was a Houston Cougar. He was a Houston Texan. He knows the city of Houston. And he had fans. And this dude didn't ride nobody's coattails like uh, Brock Osweiler did or Tom Brady. This dude was a starter. And this dude took the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship. Who does that? And you not give him a second chance. What's your take? Lano, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, here's my thought on Case. I, I don't have I don't have a ton of expectations for Case, to be honest. I mean, if Case has to go in a ball game and you're trying to build a rookie's confidence and you're trying to get a rookie ready to play like a C.J. Stroud or like a Bryce Young, I think Case is going to be the right guy because Case is going to absolutely understand that he's not he doesn't have to be the guy. But he can help that rookie become the guy. And he can be a big part of that. And when Case is asked to go, he's going to be ready to go. He's the consummate professional. Now, one of the things about this game, fortunately, is he took the Vikings. That was six years ago. I mean, it was six years ago. Case, I think, understands his where he is right now in his career. He knows that more than likely he's a backup. But he also knows if he gets an opportunity to go on the field, you'll see some serious bleep. That's the way Case has always been. I love the fact, and this goes back to my comments earlier, Red Don calling, asking why they didn't get Jimmy G signing. One of the things I said was Jimmy had to want to be here. He had to want to be here. Well, I can promise you Case Keenum wanted to be here. I'd imagine he could have stayed in Buffalo. I've seen some tweets from people in Buffalo wanting to stay, but he came back to Houston. So he wanted to be here. He wants to be part of this, and that's awesome because this thing will get turned around. And Case Keenum, whether he plays or doesn't, is going to make a huge impact on that quarterback room going forward. Huge going forward. Now, I mentioned the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. I appreciate the call. Tennessee Titans, here's the roster to start the year for the Titans. Starting wide receiver, Rob Woods, now a Texan. Traylon Burks, played about half the year as a rookie. Nick Westbrook, Akine, good. Taylor Luan, cut. Aaron Brewer may move to center. Ben Jones is about to be cut. Nate Davis signed a deal today with the Bears. Dylan Radon's probably going to get cut. Austin Hooper, a free agent. Ryan Tannehill, nobody knows. Derrick Henry has been shot. That's the Titans' offense. Defense, it doesn't get much better. Nico Autry is still there, I believe. T.R. Tart, Jeffrey Simmons, they haven't worked through a contract. Bud Dupree, released. David Long, signed today with the Dolphins. Zach Cunningham, released. Caleb Farley, first-round pick, can't get on the field. Elijah Molden, nickel, can't get on the field. The Titans are in a bad, bad way. But losing Nate Davis and David Long today, those guys weren't big-name free agents. But those are two guys I would have loved to look out for the Texans. They signed one with the Davis signed with the Bears and long signed with the Dolphins. You've seen a lot of players leaving the AFC South. You also saw Bobby O'Karake from the, from the uh, Colts. 
He signed a deal with the Giants. I'm fine with that. Now, if the Colts can trade Ryan Kelly at center, yeah, then it'll be complete. It'll be complete. Appreciate you guys for getting in with me. Appreciate that. We'll be back tomorrow. 713-572-4610. Put in your BlackBerry or however you call nowadays. Put it in there. Save it. Mark and I will be here tomorrow. We'll take your calls. We'll discuss everything that's happened. It's just day one of the tampering period. We haven't even gotten to the start of the league year. Some more stuff's going to happen. Keep an eye on wide receivers. That's going to happen at some point. The domino will fall. Maybe OBJ's the first one. We'll do all that tomorrow right here on Texas All Access. Chris, you man. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.